Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Rick Sweet. And my name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast segment of the show that's not broadcast on station KLA. Our guest for this 410th show is Sarah Milhouse, associate editor of the Big River Magazine, who will be talking to us about black settlers in Wisconsin's Driftless area. The history buffs for today's show are Ed Broders and Terry Toppler. And Ed, I'm going to let you start us off again. Thanks, Jay. Um, Sarah, when you were researching this article, um, did you run across anything um, that there was any underground railroad activity through these communities? They were very remote, and that might seem the obvious place. You know, um, to answer that question, I'm going to bring you back down a little bit further south to Goleta. Um, I, I do not know the answer to whether or not there was uh, underground railroad activity in Pleasant Ridge or Cheyenne Valley. Um, There may have been possibly more likely in uh, Pleasant Ridge, which was a little bit less isolated and uh, closer to the river corridor. Um, But in Galena, um, which is a a tourist town, um, we welcome lots of visitors. Um, I always think of what Scott Wolf said. Um, He's a retired historian at the Galena Public Library um, and did a ton of research um, decades on black citizens in Galena. Um, And what he said was, you know, I'm sure there were people active in the Underground Railroad here. Um, They probably weren't in your B&B. They were probably... Galena's black citizens um, who were helping other black people escape to freedom. So we don't have great records of the details of that, but um, it's probably likely fair to assume that there were people helping others to freedom in Galena. Okay, Terry. Yes, Sarah, if I were to take a road trip up there today, What legacies of the black settlement might I see today? For example, would there still be like one-room schoolhouses or other buildings? Yeah, Yeah, so um, the best place to do that is in Cheyenne Valley. Um, So one of the uh, members of the community there, his name was Algie Shivers, um, great name. Uh, he was a very well-educated and smart guy. And he designed a lot of the round barns that are in Vernon County. Um, Vernon County is known for that. They have one of the highest concentrations of round barns in the country. Um, and some people will tell you the most. Um, and most of those were designed and built by algae. Um, so there's a, a tour you can take that goes around and both visits a lot of the round barns in Vernon County that he built, and then also some of the, the cemeteries, the schools, um, where people uh, lived and worshipped and learned in Cheyenne Valley. Rick. Sarah, have um, uh, you mentioned in the broadcast portion that uh, many people moved on from the Driftless area for better opportunities. Uh, 
were you able in your article to follow any family uh, lineage on uh, settlers and where they may be now? Yeah, so um, it, with the in Pleasant, in Pleasant Ridge, a lot of people did move on to other communities. Um, like I said, I think I think probably their their opportunities were relatively limited there, especially for their educational levels. Um, and being a visible minority in an area that was discriminated against. Um, but in Cheyenne Valley, what happened is that a lot of a lot of people who lived there in the 1800s, their descendants live there today. Um, and some move, moved elsewhere. Um, there, what happened is over time, you have a lot of, of families marrying back and forth. And eventually, a, a lot of the African-American heritage of the valley was lost for a period of time. People certainly didn't think of themselves as necessarily having African-American ancestors. Um, But in the last 20 to 30 years, people have rediscovered that really alongside the legacy of Cheyenne Valley is being a very multiracial community that included people of Native American ancestry as well. Um, and Bohemian and Czech ancestry as well. Um, it, so there's a lot of pride there. Um, there's, I had mentioned the um, Settler Society. There's also, they have reunions annually. Um, often a few hundred people show up to those. Um, it's a pretty darn active group. And they are also active in kind of having a park. Um, they're establishing a gazebo that uses the elements that algae used in making the barns as well. Okay, um, Sarah, so who might be the prominent names in these settlements? Do we, do we know who the town selectmen are or the, uh, at least the, the, uh, the, the movers and shakers within these communities? over time yeah so um i had mentioned in cheyenne valley um algae shivers being a really important guy um and his wife flora um some of the earliest uh settlers in that area were named makaija and morning star revels they had a whole passel of kids um 17 if i remember correctly um so as you can imagine uh their descendants managed to uh occupy the valley pretty darn quickly um they weren't the only large families in the area um the arms family bartons um the bass family as well and then when you go down to Pleasant Ridge, which is a fair ways away from Cheyenne Valley. Um, I I haven't come across uh, evidence that those communities were necessarily in direct contact with each other, um, though that may have been the case. Um, but there, the Shepherd and the Green families were very prominent. Um, you had a number of other ones um 
there was a really interesting gentleman who lived in Pleasant Ridge named Romulus Richmond. He moved on to Sheraton, Iowa. He was an inventor. He was a preacher. He was an undertaker. And some of his inventions helped lower bodies into the grave, as well as, this is my absolute favorite, he invented a machine gun. It was capable of firing about 125 shots a minute, but unfortunately then it was too hot that it had to sit a while. (laughs) I hope those two occupations weren't related. (laughs) It sounds to me like he was trying to corner a market. (laughs) Efficiently. Right, yes. Yeah, the old joke that, you know, we slab, you stab him, we slab him. It's, you know, kind of making, playing both ends of the game. Sarah, I think we have um, time for about three more questions, so I'm going to ask one and then move on to Ed and Terry and let them finish up, I think. Um, I'm curious, what is the, the, um, the primary occupations uh, that are, are sort of moving and shaking here? For example, I guess what I'm thinking of, do we have um, doctors moving into these communities who become uh, very successful? Do we have um, people who, who end up with mining interests? Do we have you know those kinds of things? So talk a little bit about what the economic forces are in driving the settlements. So it seems like largely the driver of prosperity was agriculture. Um, but as I mentioned before, um, a fair amount of folks in the Pleasant Ridge area got their education and moved elsewhere. Um, so some of uh, those women especially became teachers. Um, that didn't necessarily give them a lot of economic prosperity. Um, but um, in 1924, uh, Howard Shepard became a dentist. Um, he moved, I believe, I believe he went to the Madison area, not hundred percent positive about that um but it, that was how he used his education um in in cheyenne valley it was largely agricultural um and there was a small community in joe davis county um probably 20-ish miles east of galena um where people farmed and they also uh, had lime kilns, so um, the lime was used, you know, as as fertilizer and building material. Sure. Okay. Ed. Um, yeah, uh, we haven't talked much about equal rights, Illinois, um, but as a starter, can you tell us the total population? If you have an idea what the total population of these three villages would have been at its peak? Uh, I would guess. Probably around maybe 750, maybe 800, a little bit more than that. Um, a, a lot of guesstimates about Cheyenne Valley are where that there were about 400 people there, um, that there might have been a couple hundred in the Pleasant Ridge area, and probably less than 100 in equal rights. Okay. Terry. Yeah, Sarah, you mentioned um, quite a few family names, and one in particular took me by surprise, the Arns, um, because I know a Paulina, a Heinrich, and my family tree, and they were from that area. So if 
our listeners have interest in doing genealogical work, uh, where would we go uh, in that area to find out more? I, w- I would start, um, if you think that your family might specifically be um, have been in that area, I would start with the Cheyenne Settlers Heritage Society. Um, they're wonderful. They're an active group. Um, most of the members of the society are descendants. Um, and the Arms family wasn't in Cheyenne Valley. I know we're talking about a few communities, so it's mm-hmm. easy to get a little bit confused. Um, they're wonderful, and they would, they would, they would love to talk to someone who is a is a potential relative, um, or even anyone who's just interested in the area and and isn't related as well. All right. Uh, Rick, you know what? I'm going to let you have one last question here. We we have wow. time for Gee, Sarah's yeah. being so efficient with our time oh, no. that she, I mean, we shouldn't have <laughs> called her right on the on the money. Sarah, it's uh, the first time anyone has ever called me. <laughs> <laughs> we are trained professionals. Don't try this at home. <laughs> Sarah, uh, what's left of these communities? You know, you've mentioned the Cheyenne Settler Society, but but. Uh, uh, people have dispersed from these these towns or have they still held on you know in pleasant ridge and equal rights you know those communities the descendants have eventually moved away um in in cheyenne valley um like i said many many descendants still live there um and or in neighboring or nearby communities um the many of the buildings uh, you know in that area like i said the there are several cemeteries schoolhouses um what were integrated schoolhouses in the 1800s which is something that wisconsinites can be proud of um and the round barns as well do remain on the landscape um i think it's that's near the town of Hillsborough, Wisconsin, and the town of Hillsborough is also learning to embrace that part of their heritage too. Um, they're working on a, a river walk trail that uh, leads to that gazebo that I mentioned that um, incorporates a lot of the same design elements as algae shippers used in the round barns. All right. Well, we'd like to thank our guest for this 410th show. Sarah Milhouse, Associate Editor of the Big River Magazine, and we've been talking about black settlers in Wisconsin's Driftless area. The history buffs for today's show were Ed Broders and Terry Toppler. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALAHD2, 88.5 FM, and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALAHD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put K-A-L-A Radio, all one word, in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. ROI is recorded at Station K-A-L-A, St. Ambrose University.